0: Hi, I'm Christy Hurt, the founder of the Colab. We are a collective of brand professionals sharing our career stories. Every week we pair up two members and they interview each other so you'll get to hear one episode this week and one next week. You can join us too. Sign up at jointhecolab.com and then tell your story. Hello everyone. I am Madeline Schwartz, a communication and career coach and member of the CoLab, and I am so excited to be interviewing Brooks Browns today, who is a learning and development professional in luxury fashion. Hi, Brooks. Hi, Madeline. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be with you today. I am excited to find out more about your career story, and I want to start by asking where you grew up and went to school. Yes. So
1: like you, I grew up in a very small town in rural Arkansas with about 2,000 people, which growing up, I always just wanted to break out and move away and get away from it. And I didn't really love it when I was there growing up but later as i got older looking back it really was kind of a charming childhood with a lot of freedom and almost nice to have that support system of a of a small town i went to school all the way through in my in the town that i grew up in and then i went to college at a state school that was really only 15 miles away And that was really a fantastic experience. I somewhat recently went through the process of my daughter applying to schools and and thinking back on my decision process to go to college. It was much less of an ordeal. And it was a small university, but it was fantastic in that it allowed me to do a lot of different things that I think had I gone to a bigger school, I wouldn't have necessarily had as many opportunities. I was a cheerleader for two years, which was so much fun. And I was also president of my sorority for two years and a part of like multiple other organizations. And especially being in a leadership position in my sorority just helped me build so many different skills for being a leader throughout my career. So in that way, it was very informative and really a great place for me to go to school.
0: And I really relate to the formative experience of growing up in a small town and how that shapes you as a person and an employee and a leader. Absolutely. One, if I could just expand
1: on that a little bit, because i it's such a huge part of me and a massive influence on my life, that my father is is an artist and was an artist when I was growing up. And it wasn't what he did as his profession, but outside of his work, he spent almost every single minute doing art. And he, through his art, he had an international network of other artists. And we were constantly having visitors from all over the world that would come and either stay with us for two weeks or maybe just stop by for an afternoon. And our town is not an easy place to get to, but we would have people from Germany or South America or any place that you could imagine. And that was very helpful to me because when you, sometimes when you grow up in a smaller environment or a smaller town, there can be a mindset attached to that. But that really opened up my world actually through his contacts and through him being, being an artist and really is kind of very much shaped me as a
0: person. Mm, How lucky to have that experience. My, My mom and my grandfather were artists. So it's another thing that we have in common. You talked a little bit about where you went to college. And I'm curious if you would make those same choices or do anything differently today, if you could. I have thought about it before. And I really don't think that I would have. If you would have
1: asked me maybe five, six years out of college, my answer might have been different. But no, I think I would have made the exact same decision. Mm -hmm.
0: And I'm curious, how did you get started in your career, Brooks? So I started, I was the kid that at
1: the beginning of every month when the fashion magazines would come out, I would rush to the store. And at that time, the magazines have changed very much since. But at that time in my age, it was Mademoiselle and Glamour and just flipping through the pages and really just having a love of fashion and a love of beauty, but not really knowing where that would lead me. But I did have a job. I worked there all through college. And two years in high school, our town had a women's store called The Fashion Shop. So that was really my first job. And, you know, it was a small store. It was just the owner and myself. So we did everything from unpacking boxes to the window display to obviously sales, putting product out, wrapping presents for birthdays and Christmas. I mean, it was just such a fantastic experience and then, I mean, I did have a few other jobs and I had two to three jobs all through college, but my first career job was with Estee Lauder and I started with them actually in New Orleans and continued to work for them. We moved to Eastern Pennsylvania and then we also moved to Atlanta And I was able to stay with the company with every move. And that, I mean, just the company at that time, and I think it's true to this day, is just a lot of really smart, with it, dynamic women running these massive businesses. And that had such an impact on me, but also it was such a good way. My degree was in business, but it was just such a good way to learn all the different aspects of business. And I really, really loved it. And I was an account coordinator ready to be promoted to account executive, but they had wanted me to go to, we were in Atlanta at the time and wanted me to move to a minor market and then come back to a major market. And I really did not want to move to a minor market. And just through connections, I met someone that had an account executive job in men's fashion,
0: and accepted that job and then moved to New York City. Mm. Well, I too had a high school job working at a retail store. I spent three summers working at a store in Charleston, West Virginia and also loved it. And I find it so interesting how that was your first job. And then you ended up working in fashion and retail. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about how your career path has, whether it's been linear or how you've pivoted in different directions?
1: Yes, I would say it definitely has not been linear, which I'm sure that's the same for most people. So from moving to New York City and being an account executive in wholesale in menswear, I did that for a big chunk of time and which it was just absolutely terrific. But once you've done something for, even if you move companies, the job is really still the same. You're working with department stores and buyers and and the design team and going through market and all of that. But I did get to a point where I felt like I wasn't learning and growing. It just, it, it didn't, once you've done something for a certain amount of time, it does feel a little repetitive. And then also for personal reasons, my daughter was younger. I didn't want to travel. I wanted to be home more. So my last wholesale job was with Ralph Lauren in wholesale, but I moved to the stores on Madison Avenue. So Ralph Lauren, as a lot of people know, but maybe not everybody, the global flagship is at 72nd and Madison Avenue. So I moved into a management role there running the store. And at that time, it was kids and babies a store on one side of the street and then one store with everything else, men's, women's and home but they were in the process of building across the street, the women's and the home store. And so I spent about three years running stores on Madison Avenue, which was, I mean, I could walk to work, walk home from work. In that way, it was really fantastic and just so much fun. A lot of hard work, but really, really such a great time. And then from there, our company was doing expansion in the Asia market, but specifically mainland China. And my husband had gotten a job with his company to move to Hong Kong. And I was able to stay with Ralph Lauren and move to Hong Kong as well. We moved to Hong Kong and I worked for Ralph Lauren in Hong Kong for four years. And I started out again as an area manager running about nine to 10 different stores and then opening up new stores in mainland China. And from that became brand director and moved over to the merchandising team, which again, was really fantastic because where I went to Hong Kong, Macau, Taiwan, running stores, when I moved to being a brand director, it was all of APAC. So that opened up and I learned just so much because that's Japan, Korea, Singapore, Southeast Asia, mainland China, and Australia. And I was on the merchandising team for probably like a year and a half. And then from that, took my first role in learning and development. And when I moved into learning and development, that was the first time where I realized all of my experiences from wholesale to running stores to being brand director and merchandising really all helped me in learning and development. After four years, we moved back to New York and I continued to
0: stay in learning and development. Mm, well, I love how you channeled all of your experience in those different areas of the business and brought them to learning and development where you need to develop programming that relates to people in so many different roles.
1: Yes, I think had I gone into learning and development prior to that, my work would not have been as impactful, but really having a great understanding of a lot of different departments helped me work with them in a more impactful, effective way.
0: What are you most proud of in your career so far?
1: Yes. So I think like you, I have I have three things that I am most proud of as well. So when I was in Asia working at that time, all the different countries were very siloed. And the initiative with all the departments was to bring all the countries together under the umbrella of APAC. And one of my main focus was really product learning, product knowledge, Seasonal kickoffs, sell throughs, all of that through really training, learning, and information. And I had to work closely with the president of APAC to do the first ever kind of all APAC meeting where every country we had representatives come in and had a four day. Meeting where every department spoke. So, like, they were able to hear from store design, marketing, merchandising, visual merchandising, CEM, retail operations, retail training. So, for all of the countries to hear initiatives from those channels of the business, but also for everyone to hear from. Each country and what they were doing and how they were growing their markets and working with their stores, and we also we did a runway show for women's in the women's store, one of the luxury women's store in Hong Kong. We did a runway show for menswear for the coming season in one of the luxury menswear stores, and we were also able to to do like watch and find jewelry training for everyone. And the result of that for that season was higher full-price sell-throughs. And it was also an opportunity for everyone to have peer-to-peer learning, so from all the countries to learn from each other. I was tasked with leading our initiative for the company around diversity, equity, and inclusion which was a massive, massive effort to get about 15,000 employees through that training. And this was around 2019. And the goal was to have every single employee within the company go through the training, which we were able to do through either an in-person training, four-hour manager training, a virtual training or taking an e-learning. And we had to do a lot of things to deploy it. A lot of train the trainer, like teaching people how to facilitate a class that they've never, this goes back to what you do, Madeline, people that have never stood in front of a group and train a class. We had to do, train them of how to train others. So it was a massive undertaking with the help from like a lot of different people and support and a lot of stress. But at the end of the day, I was able to accomplish it.
0: Well, it must be gratifying to see the results of doing those trainings and that it resulted in better, higher sell through for product.
1: Yes, for the bringing all the countries together in APAC. And I will say for diversity, equity, and inclusion, and I know specifically in the U.S. was when everything, 2020, everything blew up here as it needed to. And then if certain, if companies didn't have a DENI department, they added it, but that training and getting so many people through that training, and again, this was prior to 2020, that was incredibly, incredibly rewarding. And to have people be able to share their personal viewpoints, their personal stories, but just have more of an awakening and an awareness of what that really entails, like our biases, whether our biases are conscious or unconscious, and that was very impactful and incredibly rewarding, I have to say.
0: Yeah, and thanks for sharing the details of the types of projects that you worked on on such a large scale. Yes, thank you. And what would you do differently if you could start over? There's a lot that I
1: would not change, but I think what I would change is one, I would Just be bolder, be assert myself more, be bolder, maybe take some more risk, speak up more looking back. Although, I mean, I can, I can be assertive, but I think I would have been even, even bolder in my words and my actions. And I think the other thing that looking back I would do differently is externally network. So I spent quite a bit of time with Ralph Lauren and the company is very large. And so I did a ton of networking internally and I knew a lot of people in a lot of different departments and that was very helpful to get my job done. But the demands of that and the demands of my personal life I didn't really feel like I had time to do a lot of networking outside the company. So I wish that I would have done that. Previously, though, when I worked for other companies that were a little bit smaller, you just saw your peers at other companies more often at events and things like that. So it just happened more organically, but those are the two things. I would just be bolder in speaking out and bolder in my actions and then
0: continue networking,
1: making networking a priority, I would say.
0: Yeah. And that is definitely something that I hear from clients too, that it's so important not to just have your, internal network and supporters but to also have people at other companies who you can who you can go to yes very important and what's next for you in your career Brooks
1: well what's next so I have done several different consulting jobs but what I hope to do and I'm really just kind of diving into it and starting to look but really is to lead a department in LD. That's what I'm what I'm looking for. And actually you mentioned FIT. I'm a student at FIT right now. That's also been something that's really been fantastic. I've taken a lot of different classes over the last couple of years, but I'm in a certificate program now, and that's really been been fantastic. So finishing up the semester
0: and then looking for opportunities to lead at L D department. Well, I think any company would be lucky to have you leading their learning and development initiatives. And it was such a pleasure to hear your story and get to talk to you today. Thanks, Brooks. Thank you so much, Madeline. It was an absolute
1: pleasure. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks so much for being here for the CoLab Career Stories podcast. Please follow us on social media at Join the CoLab and sign up to become a member and share your story at jointhecolab.com.